seven. Anger in your home. Preached on Mother's Day, May 10th, 1970, in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown. The text is Ephesians 4, the 26th verse. Be angry, but do not sin. The sermon this morning is entitled, Anger in Your Home, and its text is found in the letter to the Ephesians, the fourth chapter, beginning to read at the twenty-fifth verse. Therefore, putting away falsehood, let everyone speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands, so that he may be able to give to those in need. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such is as good for edifying as fits the occasion that it may impart grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and all wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Several years ago, the now-defunct Saturday Evening Post had upon one of its covers a composite of four pictures. I'm sure many of you saw it, and many of us still remember it. In the first portrait, we see a little man who is standing before a large desk, and behind the desk is a man who obviously is the boss or the employer, and we see him shaking an angry finger in the face of the little man. The second portrait, we see the little man this time in his house, and he is shaking an angry finger in the face of his wife. And in the third picture, we get the idea that the woman, the wife, who also is a mother, is screaming and yelling, and she is wagging an angry finger in the face of the little boy. And in the last picture, we see the little boy wagging an angry finger in the face of a bewildered cat. Do you remember it? A tremendous simple, silent way of telling us two very important truths which I think this angry nation needs to hear today. One, anger is contagious, and two, anger in the home can have unexpected and far-reaching significance. I cannot help but feel that on this day when so many in our nation are divided and 
so many are angry. I wonder how much of that anger has stemmed from homes. You see, anger is contagious. It's one of the basic feelings in each one of us. Though, by the power of God, the teachings of Jesus Christ, and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, many can control their anger, it's still there, and anger cannot be denied. It's as natural for us to become angered as it is for us to love and breathe and eat and sleep. No man is immune from allowing his temper to get to a higher point than it is safe for self or for others. Psychologist tells us that a little infant will learn how to become angry before he'll learn how to talk or walk. It's one of the basic feelings in each one of us, and no one of us can escape having moments when we are tremendously and terribly angry. And because, you see, families are comprised of people who can become angered, it is only natural to see that anger from time to time will creep into a home situation. It's natural, and it happens. And my particular task here today is not to argue with you whether or not anger lives in your home but rather to try and help you to see, perhaps by the teaching of God's word, how anger can be used constructively and creatively for the happiness and the welfare of your family. Whoever wrote this letter to the Ephesians, you see, was trying in this fourth chapter to tell church people, and oh, what a horrible lot they are at times, how to get along with one another. And he gives some very sound advice. Be angry, but do not sin. And never allow the sun to go down on your anger, and never allow your anger to become an opportunity for the devil or for evil. What the writer is trying to tell us is, you see, that anger is, is not only natural, but in and of itself it is neutral. Anger in and of itself is neither right nor wrong, a sin or a virtue, but what we do with it is what makes it right or wrong, a constructive force or a destructive one. You see, if, if anger breaks down relationships, destroys communication, brings with it only embitterment and estrangement, then anger is evil. It's a sin, and it is not being constructive. But if anger is used to bring about an openness, anger is used to bring about a deeper meaning of love and reconciliation between people, then anger, you see, is good, and it can be a constructive force, and that is what today I would like you to think with me about the anger that is in your home and to see whether or not the anger that is there is helping you or hurting 
the family relationship. Because if it's going to be constructive and helpful, I am firmly convinced that anger must never be presented in a home situation as being something to fear, nor must any one of us use it in the family situation as a tool of fear. In other words, we should never fear anger. But also we should never use anger to try to impose fear on another member of the household. Individuals who live in a family situation where they do not have the freedom to be able to express honestly their deep feelings, to express their justifiable anger, that home will never, never, never know any happiness. And likewise, individuals who are in a home where there is only fear, and the only thing that is respected is the fear of anger of another member of that household, be he father, mother, or child, that home will never be healthy. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, in, in our family situations we must work perhaps just a little bit harder in trying to present this atmosphere that anger is not something of which we should be frightened and it definitely is not a force which we should use to try and bring fear into someone else's life. Differences will appear. Conflicts will arise, but never should we ever get the idea that just because somebody gets angry, this is the whole end of the marriage and the finality to the family. Let's never give it that status. God never intended us to put it there, and let us not by our fear allow anger to become something more than what it's supposed to be. Individuals who are frightened to get involved in an argument within the family are individuals who are not basing the family upon the most important thing in the world, love. Mates who are scared to death to disagree are not living up to their vows of living together till death do them part no matter what. Families that use fear as a basis for staying together deny the very validity and the reason that God put people together in the small colonies of love. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, if, if, if anger is going to be constructive in your family, though it may be wise at times to turn your back and to walk away or only better yet listen to someone's ranting and raving who is in an angry mood. But never mistake that to believe that it is always right that you should go clear to the end of every avenue just to avoid a family conflict. This is wrong. And instead of getting away from what you thought would be war, you'll know a silent war, a cold war, a war that oftentimes does more damage than the hostility that comes in open anger. So let us make sure that anger never becomes something of which we are frightened, 
And may we never use it as an instrument of fear to impose fear upon another member's life. And I think there's another constructive way that anger can be used. When someone becomes enraged in anger and argument ensues, best you see it through. Unresolved anger is a horrible thing. And no solution can come to a conflict if the people involved are unwilling to talk about what it is that is making them angry. When people refuse to speak of this deep hurt, this insult, this injury, which is either real or imagined, but which they feel, there's not much hope for reconciliation. Marriage counselors know the most difficult problems come from people's inability, or rather their unwillingness, to talk about the basic problem which is making them very, very angry. You see, one of the great problems in America today is not just our divorce, divorce problem. The great tragedy is not just that one out of every four marriages is failing, nor is it that the divorce rate in America in the last 80 years has increased 521%. But the tragedy is also that many people who are living together as husband and wife are emotionally divorced. Oh, there's that closeness, but there's no nearness. There's that togetherness, but there's no intimacy. There's that conflict, but it's without resolution. There's life, but not with love. That's the tragedy which is just as regrettable as are those people who are known as divorced individuals. This is why you see the Bible is telling us in this instruction here that the sun should never go down on our anger. What it is trying to tell us is that anger must be resolved. A famous television comedian several years ago said that she and her husband never went to sleep until they had all of their arguments ironed out. Of course, she said sometimes we don't sleep for three or four days. <laughs> now, now, the Bible should never be taken so literally in this particular passage that we begin to think that if we are angered in an argument, we stick at it until somebody either dies or wears out. No, we should never be so angered and involved in argument to the place where our energies are completely sapped, our intellects completely drained, and the, and the well of sympathy and sensitivity is, is completely dry. No, some of the... One of the best things we can do sometimes is to call it quits. You know, even good fighters in a prize fight must have rest between rounds. Sometimes the best thing you can do is to go to sleep and allow a night's sleep to come, and with the morning you will find a new perspective and a new idea for compromise. But never think that resting from an argument is the way you drop it. 
unresolved anger perhaps is the most devastating force that is alive in the world today, and you believe it. Unresolved anger is like fire within the framework of a house. It may not creep out where you think it's going to creep out, but this you can be sure of, it's going to creep out somewhere, and it's going to burn, baby. You see, unresolved anger and problems which are not faced, this can cause people to do all sorts of horrible things. This is oftentimes what drives men to extracurricular activities. This is oftentimes the cause of a frustration of a woman when she takes out her hostility of anger upon her children. I am firmly convinced that one of our reasons that some of our young people would rather try and find love and experience and joy in drugs, in sanctuaries of the dens of iniquity, is because they are looking for that love which can answer their anger which has been unresolved in their own home. Unresolved anger, problems to which we never face, they just don't go away. Oh, I wish they would just disappear, but they don't. And though they may become quiet for a while, someday, somewhere, like a guerrilla army, they will come out to strike. And I think some of today's evidences of anger, hostility, burning, riot, and protest, yes, though some of them perhaps are from people who are really trying to bring about good and right. I'm afraid many people are involved in these programs simply because within them, so, there is an unresolved anger which was not taken care of at home a long time ago. When in our anger, let's be fair, that's a constructive way in which anger can be used. You know, even when a boxer goes into the ring, even the most vicious one knows that he does not hit below the belt, for if he does, he may cause some permanent injury. Though everything may be fair in war, do not believe that everything is fair in love. And it's altogether possible within the family situation when involved in anger to hit below the belt. And yes, you'll bring about some irreparable damage. Things can happen within anger that all the chocolates in the world and all the roses of all the gardens will never be able to make well again. I'm thinking about those situations. Don't criticize the unchangeable. Don't bring up something that no one has any control over. So your husband has big feet. But while you're in the presence of arguing and being angered about who it is that you're going to sit with at the dance, let's not bring up the fact that his feet are so big they're like washtubs and he can't dance. That's not the place for it. Above all, let's not bring in other members of the family so that they can hear both sides of the, 
of the subject and pick up sides and choose as to which one of us is right. And let's not air our private matters in the public. If there's one haymaker that can oftentimes bring severe damage to a family situation, it is when one member of the family tells openly something which only the sanctuary and the privacy of your home should know. Let's be angry, but let's be fair. And then last of all, when we're in the midst of our anger and at the height of our passion, may God grant unto us the constructive ability to stop and to think what it was that made us angry in the first place. And may we have the wisdom and the ability to see and to recognize that these people with whom we are angered are not individuals who are our enemies, not individuals who we are expected to knock down and knock out. But this is our family. These people, they are either bone of my bone or I am of theirs. These people, they either are a part of me or I am a part of them. They brought me into this world or I brought them. We are of the same nature and above all we carry the same name. We're here to help one another. And the reason that I felt hurt and injury and indignation was because something happened to separate us. And that is why I am angry. So for goodness sake, in the heat of battle, may I never be so concerned about myself that I look only hoping that someone else within the family will again become angered. The, the problem has not been solved there, you see. All we have done is transfer the anger from one person to the other. You know, we become angered in a family not to gain victories, but to bring about health and happiness within the relationship of love. It's just not to try and straighten the other guy out. May we never be accused, as was that woman by her husband who said, whenever, whenever we have a disagreement, my wife and I, we sit down and quietly we straighten me out. That's, you know, that's not why we have anger within families, just to straighten this person out or to get that person on the right path. It is to unite us to bridge the gap which has been caused by hurt and by injury, to share our feelings, and to be together in one as a miniature kingdom of heaven here on earth, a family of love. So folks, on this Mother's Day or this day of celebration for the Christian home, my earnest plea and prayer with all of you is that if you have happiness and no anger in your home, God bless you. But if you have anger today or this week within that little abode which is your heaven here on earth, don't fear it. By God's grace, through prayer, and by the power of his Holy Spirit, ask him 
to enable you to turn that anger into something that is creative and constructive and allow your anger to work for the good. May you have a wonderful day. God bless you all. Our Father and our God, we're thankful that the way you bring us into this world is through the happiness and the joy, the community of love known as the family. Now, none of us does the job that we're supposed to, but help us in this structure to become people who are sensitive to what the others feel, and individuals who try to feel with love. Be with us in those moments when the debate gets heavy, the voices become loud, and we become less than the people of love. Lord, bless us and help us to use not only our strengths but our handicaps to serve thee and to be served by thy presence of love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and your home and give you all peace now and in the life everlasting. Amen.